and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. And we're in Manhattan, and we're in my father's apartment, and I'm reclining on the sofa in the living room. Where is your dad? I don't know. He's home, right? Like, he's around. He should be around. He's going to pop in during one of the episodes. Probably this one. He stays out late. It's 10 o'clock. He's doing his thing. How old is he? 75. 74. No way. 74. That's impressive. He's a youthful 74. My parents are all sleeping now. So, um... My many parents. Who's going to call in? This is Justin. He's a friend, a colleague, perhaps. <laughs> and what do we know about him? Uh, well, I don't know how much I can reveal about him. He uh, recently got his MBA. Well, why can't you... What MSW? do you mean? Why can't you reveal Because I don't know what he wants to say. He's a clinician. I don't know how much he wants to reveal. He works in the recovery field, and he's wanted to call in for a bit. So um, I saw him this morning, and I was like, hey, give us a call tonight. We had a cancellation. Anna David was supposed to call in. Who's that? She's written a book, and she's been on a million podcasts. She's pretty hot. Is she? Yeah. She wrote Party Girl. No, no. Well, she has a podcast called Party Girl. Did she also write a book called Party Girl? No, she has Recover Girl. She wrote Party Girl. Oh, okay. Which is a very famous book and movie. No, that's Party Boy, isn't it? No. Party Monster. It's a different... Do you know Party Monster with yes. Macaulay Culkin? Yes. Do you it's know a... that's a real story? Yes. Chopped up body? Yes. I was working the case. I was a private eye at the tunnel where the guy got murdered. I never told you that story? No. This is a good story. I told you that story on Dopey. When I was 22 years old... This kid, I, the kid, the kid Oscar. Yeah, I remember the private eye thing that had to do with Party Monster. The reason that that they hide the, the the state made Peter Gation, who ran the tunnel and the limelight, hire investigators because of the murder, the murder and the the crazy drug dealing. Yeah. So on the the murder happened at the limelight and the tunnel. Yeah. So on the heels of that, they hired an investigator company called Crow to hire investigators, of which I was one of them. There were yeah. two of us. Yeah. And we would go to these places on the heels of that murder. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But I thought you were, like, looking for change or junkies or something. No, that or? was a different case. <laughs> I, was on, I was on four cases for them. So what other stupid jobs did you have? You had wheat pasting, right? Wheat pasting was more of a passion than a job. No, I did do wheat pasting. I did wheat pasting personally for my band. I had a band in the early 90s called The Percolators. We were a ska band and played in Manhattan. And we would walk around the city with posters um, and a bucket of wheat paste. And if you don't know what wheat paste is, it's a mix of flour and water. Yeah. It's kind of like paper mache. Yeah. And... Um, and we'd have and you socks. hang shit up. Yeah, you, I think you told me. It's the guy who was like, just don't throw them in the, the no, gutter. No, it was our band. Oh, so, so yourself. We would, oh, so we, would, we would have socks on our hands. Yeah. And it would be long socks. So you'd wear a sock down to your elbow. And you'd dip your elbow, your whole shit, into the bucket. And you'd slop <laughs> the shit against the wall or the mailbox. And this was in the early 90s when New York wasn't so high end. It really was very different. Like they didn't give a shit if you did No. They, it wasn't like it is now. Yeah. It wasn't like this at all. Yeah. It's like the meatpacking district, they were packing meat. Like, yeah. there was not there was not a scene there in 1991. <laughs> it wasn't meatpacking. It was like the meatpacking. Yeah, <laughs> it was the meatpacking district. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and we would go put up posters and, like, get chased by gangs oh. of black power skinheads. He's stuff. calling. Can I take it? 
Might as well. Justin. What up, Chris? What's up, my brother? How are you, dude? I'm good. You're here with Dave. What's up, Justin? Dave, what is up, my good brother? How are you? Good. How are you, man? I'm good. So we didn't really know how to introduce you. I said Justin. I did say that you recently got your MBA in MSW. I didn't say from where. I hope that's all right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But that's pretty that's much cool. all I said. So, I mean, if there's any yeah. other deets you want to offer. I'll probably keep it to that level of anonymity. Okay, it sounds good. Because <laughs> I want to get dopey with you guys, you know. Yeah, let's get dopey, but I thought we would start that um, this morning Justin told me a story about listening to Dopey, and I'm sure Dave wants to hear more feedback <laughs> about just Dopey in general from you, but if you could tell that story you mentioned earlier, it would be good. Tell us a Dopey I, story first. Dopey first? Yeah, we ruined the... Listen, Justin, last episode I destroyed the episode by telling stories about Dopey yeah. instead of being Dopey. <laughs> yeah. And that's something I'm prone to do. So well, let's kick it off with some old school. This is a quick one. It's it's a quick one. Um, and it's not about, like, the podcast. It's about an experience listening to the podcast. So, uh, anyways, let me do this one quick, Dave, if it's all right, and then we'll get real dopey. Sure. Um, um, so, I, I'm, a, I'm a treatment professional, as, uh, uh, as you may know. Um, and I was out to dinner with, uh, like, a, a very prominent psychiatrist in uh, in my local area uh, here in Boston where I live the other evening. How and, prominent is uh, this psychiatrist? I'm, I'm sorry? How prominent is this prominent psychiatrist? Like very prominent or just that's an expression? She's, she's pretty well known. Yeah, she's pretty well known. I mean, she's not like famous or anything, but in, in the in the addiction treatment industry she's she's well known um, okay. she's trained at all the best places and she she's fairly prominent um on the scene but not like not like famous in the media or anything um but anyways um she's a very nice woman and you know i'm like one of the dopey cats that like went straight and weaseled my way into the treatment industry so there's always this kind of like weird uh, divide between those of us of my profile and these like really smart doctors that trained at the fanciest medical schools and anyways well you're so we, I mean don't discredit yourself Justin Justin's wicked smart and he just, got two, he just got two masters too so don't do yourself a I, disservice I do I do have a couple of masters yeah. I, I managed to uh, managed to pull that off um, with a little sober time under my belt but Anyway, so we, we finished a very nice dinner, and uh, we were not far from her home, and she asked me if I could drive her home, and I said, sure. So we walked to the car, I, you know, flip on the ignition, my, um, my car connects to my cell phone, the Bluetooth and whatnot, and I had been listening to Dopey on the way to dinner. And so what pops up on the little viewfinder screen uh, in inside my car, right as I'm sitting there with this, you know, prominent addiction psychiatrist who I'm trying to make a good impression upon is Dopey ninety colon dildos. And so she looks down and is like, Oh, dopey dildos and I'm like, Oh, I swear there's an explanation for that. But like I'm doing research on dildos and dopey. What'd you say? Um I told her, uh, I told her, I know the host of the 
podcast and it's this addiction podcast and there was a story about this guy buying a dildo on the street and I was just like about to cry at that point and so I was just like anyways changing the subject <laughs> but uh this is pretty good <laughs> so so um did had she was she like oh I know dopey uh, that's a prominent podcast in addiction. <laughs> yeah. She she was not familiar with your work, though I recommended her to it, and uh, uh, of course let her know what she was missing out on. But uh, I don't know how much like into war stories, like you know, non sober psychiatrists are. Probably not very. Probably but, not uh, much. Well, we we recently got an uh, an email from a probation officer or a parole officer who listened to Dopey because he searched for research chemicals episodes, uh, research chemicals on iTunes, and he found it. And he says he loves it, and he's been listening to it, and he shared it with all the people, the other parole officers and stuff. And he said half of them love it, and half of them are totally opposed to it. Is that what he oh, said? Wow. Yeah. I like that, though, the polarizing, you know what I mean? There's no, like, meh, no in-between. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys definitely struck a nerve with... Um being sober people who are pro-sobriety, uh, who are, you know, largely focused on war stories and dumb shit. Um, but anyways, like, I, I, I love the war stories. And it's funny because in the rooms and stuff, like, you know, for a long time I was kind of that um, poser, big book thumper that was like, oh, well, I don't need to hear these dumbass stories, but that's because a lot of them are dumbass. I mean, the ones you guys get on are, are actually pretty good and pretty entertaining. Um, nice. But, yeah, it's funny I don't know. It's, it's good stuff. I, I love the content. I, the, and I'm, you know, my experience with uh, being a nutty dopey cat is, is not as hardcore as many of the people you've had on. I mean, I, I drank for and did drugs for quite a few years, about, you know, about half of my life from 13, 14 to 29. But, you know, I never, I never did like lose a job, though I should have, um, never, never made it to the needle, which I think is like an accident of timing, uh, that broke in my, my favor. Cause I was kind of like just ahead of the, um, opiate craze uh, that's right. still sweeping the nation. Well, there's um, lots of people out there like Artie Lang who still haven't touched a needle. That's why he's got sludge of coke and heroin yeah. in his lungs. <laughs> you know, some people like never get there, but it's only a good thing. And it sounds, I mean, it's like, it's so funny the qualifiers for why you're not so dopey, but it's amazing that you never lost a job. That's, that's... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, um, I, I worked, um... Dave, I know you're a New Yorker, and I did a lot of the end of my uh, ripping and running, except for the very last year, um, took place in New York. And, I mean, I was just, uh, like, a criminal employee of law firms in Manhattan for about six years. Like, just, uh, I had this, um, I had a great office mate one time, this guy who I'm still friends with today, and... Uh, we were paralegals at a big uh, firm in Manhattan, and I remember um, coming in there one day on a Saturday. I don't know what I was doing coming into work on a Saturday uh, and finding him, like, unexpectedly in the office, like, cutting up a big line of Coke, like, right on our, right on the desk in our office. And, like, I scared him nearly half to death, like, busting in on him on a Saturday, but I was like, dude, and just, like, high-fived him and, you know, 
rammed one down <laughs> with him right there. And, and that shit was just par for the course, you know, in my uh, in my days in the in the legal trade in in New York. I've I've gone back and made some pretty pretty powerful amends to some of the people that I worked with in uh, in those days because you know my my mo in those jobs was basically like if I showed up, you, my employer, were lucky. And and all the things that I did, man, like it just just was criminal. So I should have lost quite a few jobs, but you know I bounced along for for a while uh, at the nadir of my alcoholic despair, while um while still going to work most of the time. Well, you managed to pull it off, which is a big deal. And and yeah. how did you bounce from from being a paralegal to treatment? What was that? How did that happen? Well, I. I moved back from New York to Boston in 2008 and drank uh, drank for another year while I was up here. And I, had, I was sort of out of ideas at that point. And I got into, um, I wanted to get into something in the internet startup world. And when I moved back to Boston, so I got a, uh, I got a, a sales job at an, at an internet startup and, kind of bounced around that world for a little while, got sober, got some experience with working with guys one-on-one through, uh, through AA, and happened, happened to get fired from a job. Uh, and I had a prior connection to uh, a, an industry professional who I had sold a website to who had happened to ask me if I knew anyone around Boston that might be interested in trying to do some work professionally with uh with some clients and uh, i i happened to get fired ironically at three years sober um right after getting that email so i just said you know maybe maybe i should give this a try and then uh the rest is kind of history right that's pretty wild man i didn't know that i didn't know your whole story justin i didn't know the new york piece and all that what kind of website did you sell um well i sold it I sold a website to a person that was running an addiction services firm when when that person was still just incubating the idea. Um, they were looking for a uh, just for a website, and I was selling them at the time. And I got really interested in the the concept of the business and didn't really know there were kind of like consulting firms in the in the addiction treatment field. And you, you think you could sell yeah. dopeypodcast.com to anybody? <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't have that one in my, uh, in my quiver, but you, you guys, you guys should totally have it. You should have some, you know, free addiction treatment resources and a dopey podcast community website. You, you can make a nice little business out of it. Um, huh. Wait, so Justin, when you were using, you were, you were like a fish guy and stuff, right? Oh yeah. You yeah. got you got any fish and, stories or any dopey stories or anything like so, that? I, I got so mangled at so many fish concerts. Um, a, a lot of a fair few of them are pretty blacked out. Um, I I remember uh, driving. I drove all the way down to the Millennial Show at Big Cypress Seminole Indian Reservation in Florida from Boston. Uh, just getting entirely mangled in the car the entire way there. Um, managed to do uh, a whole bunch of really 
strong ecstasy and other hallucinogens, but that probably one of my one of my most intense psychedelic experiences. Like at, at that show, everyone was literally like passed out in the mud and stuff, and I was just like bouncing off the walls, like seeing things I uh, have never seen before or since, and just just having a a ball of a time, and managed to get separated from. Uh, a friend of mine and this was like pre-cell phone so we just lost my buddy in the midst of this you know sea of a hundred thousand people um and this crazy man that was next to us had like a little some uh, a weird little hat that he was like holding up on a stick that was like a funny trip object of whatever the hell we were doing and, and somehow my friend who we had gotten separated from was able to see that little hat bouncing on the stick and make his way through the crowd and and find us after having lost us for like several hours and I remember everyone just bursting into tears at the you know it was a, a good a good drug cry you know like one of those really <laughs> ecstasy fueled cries like oh my god this is such a miracle and you know that's like <laughs> that's such a microcosm of of all the shit that I used to do like it was just over dramatizing you know mundane things through my drug experiences and being like oh wow this is so meaningful and beautiful um, uh, that's you know one of my one of my good fish ones oh actually like right before this is a good one I went to a fish concert at Fenway Park in Boston right before I got sober this it so it had to be like probably the summer of 2009 it must have been my last using fish concert and I was there with some friends and my brother and pretty mangled and you know pretty in, in a pretty embarrassing way I'm sure and I, I stumbled off kind of on my own down the street in Boston uh, after the show and I'm walking around and I hear the you know the the telltale hiss of a nitrous tank and so I, I see a bunch of hippies crowded around it and go over and make my way to a balloon and I huff this like big huge balloon and kind of just turn around and I'm going through the like bah, 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 you know the, uh, the the reverberations the, yeah <laughs> the internal head vibrations yeah. and I like literally physically bump into like the smartest guy I went to high school with and it was just like and you're just retarded oh my god man <laughs> like I don't even know what to say to you and he was like dude don't be a dick and I was like I'm really just embarrassed and I just like probably just ran away. He wasn't like holding a balloon and he was like, Justin, huff it down, my brother. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he was just like trying to be nice to me because he had, you know, was a good, was a buddy from high school and I'm like, you know, what does this mean? What does this mean? Just like going on that like paranoid internal circle. I, I was pretty, I was pretty paranoid like, drug user for like most of my most of my using like one of the one of the things that kind of brought me to my knees and this is it's just mundane but you know might might be of benefit to someone was like during the last year 
I just couldn't, I really couldn't smoke weed without getting like extremely paranoid anymore. And that took me like a good 15 years. Like I'm a total pothead through and through and love smoking weed. And just that very last year that I was back home in Boston, it kind of really turned on me and got me like super paranoid. And that was just like consciously a real bummer. Yeah. That, I, that I couldn't do that anymore. Um, At least you had 15 years. It took me like two years before I got extremely paranoid. <laughs> and I then think, I kept doing it. No, I think it's good that you... Uh, it never happened. I never I never was paranoid. Really? Like, I got, I, so I used to smoke pot and we'd be going to Applebee's. Have I told you this? We'd go to Applebee's and I'd get nervous that the people were going to look at me weird in Applebee's. So I'd order takeout, have my friends bring takeout to the car, and I would eat takeout in the car in the parking lot because I thought everybody would know. Well, they probably were yeah. looking at you a lot for eating Applebee's takeout in your yeah, car. Yeah, That's a lot stranger than you eating an Applebee's. But I, I think that's convenience, though, to have, like, to get sober and weed made you paranoid. That's convenient. I, I weed, weed made me comfortable. It was very inconvenient for me to have to stop smoking weed because yeah. I had to figure out how to get comfortable without it, you know? Totally. Um, yeah. You know what's amazing, though? The funny thing I should mention is that I know that Justin just got back from a Fish concert, too. Fish is playing right now down the street. He was just there. Yeah, that's right. You guys are right in, you guys are in Manhattan, You right? can literally see it. You can, you can see uh, the garden. From my window. Yeah. From my dad's window. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyways, I, Hell I, Nation. You went so close. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. I've gone to many Fish shows sober now, and... Uh, there's a huge community of sober fish people, which is uh, a, a, just a wonderful resource because they have meetings at every show, and those meetings are at the, the literal point of need. You know, it's like you're literally in the middle of the lion's den, and uh, this this show was, was a particularly good one, and I actually went to an addiction professional's pre-fish networking dinner for the show, so that was... Uh, that was a highlight. Dude, this morning, I get off the Long Island Railroad, which is, if you don't know, it's right underneath yeah. Madison Square Garden, and there's all these hippies, and I'm bringing all these dopey cards for Chris, and every day I've been carrying around all these dopey cards because I want to give them to the hippies at Fish. So, and I'm like, this, and I'm like, I'm, I, in my mind, I'm a master promoter. Yeah. I'm like super <laughs> cool, and I move quickly, and I'm incredibly <laughs> charming, and I'm... So I'm like, so I'm giving out the cards, and I'm like, check out my podcast. It's free. You'll love it. And then I'm like, check this out, yeah. man. You'll love it. It's on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. You'll love it. You'll love it. And then I see this dude like, dude, I, I probably, you know, it, it's like the same dude that I used to get stoned with, you know, in the mountains of upstate New York. The exact same kid. He's wearing like a teal tie-dye with long cargo shorts with a big black woolly beard and some natty khaki dad hat. And I'm like, dude, he checked out my podcast. You're going to love it. And I walk away and I see him look at his friend and he goes, he like shrugs his shoulders and he holds the card up and he rips it in half with this smile on his face like, look at that fucking idiot. Does he do I'm going to rip he, his card in half. He, did he know you were looking at then him? Then he looks up and he sees me staring at him. And I'm like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> why, why, are you, why are you ripping my card in half? Well, what, a, what an unhappy 
it's messed up. I almost, I almost like started crying at that moment. It was just, I can't handle that kind of rejection. That's funny. Um, Chris, what would you do if you saw that happen? I wouldn't put myself out there like that. You, you're gonna tonight. When we're done here, we're going over to Madison Square Garden. We're gonna go hand them out. Belly of the beast. Uh, I, I do think that's a promising audience. Yeah. Um, Justin, you're breaking up a little bit. We gotta, we gotta wrap it up. Anyways, do you have any uh, parting uh, words for the Dopey Nation, Justin? you guys are doing and I think this is a great resource and um, you know if uh, if people want to get in touch with me I, I am like I'm not going to get my phone number out like Brandon did which was pretty epic but if people get in touch with you guys and anyone wants to talk to me for any reason I'm you know, happy to reach out and and shoot the shit with people um, yeah email you know, us at dopey still out there using it it's definitely better to not be I, I can say that Email us at Dopey Podcast and I'll forward it to Justin and you can get some free sage advice from a newly minted clinician and business yes, yes. genius. <laughs> Yo, dude, if you're some you're a business guy, right, Justin? Justin? Yeah. You're a business guy, correct? He's bold. Yeah, as well. You know that we have uh, positions available on the Dopey team <laughs> if you wanted to like work with us and grow the brand. We could use some like some like uh, expertise if you get my drift. Hello? No. Now he's gone. He's gone. He's breaking up. Justin, you're For breaking fish, up. You could talk yeah. about it, but the jo- jump on the dopey team. Justin, you're breaking up. We'll catch you later, all right? All right, guys. Thank all right. you. All right, later. All right, bye. All righty. Well, he doesn't want to fucking help make the brand bigger? Yeah, it was a very convenient time for his phone to give out. Yeah, I don't... I, I, it was I, good I, that he was just at fish, and fish is right there. Everybody gobbles up the fish stuff. You hate fish. I, I just want to make it clear that I do not endorse fish as a band, nor the, the fish fans, whatever they call themselves, as a viable group of human beings. Especially why? Because they ripped up the Dobie card. What do you mean? <laughs> okay, I'll tell you why. You want me to tell you why? Why? First of all, put the phone down. All right, no, I'm just trying to find the... Okay, tell me, tell me. Tell me. Number one... Um, the lyrics are bad. Yeah. The lyrics are bad in Fish songs. Okay. Uh, David Bowie, the wheels make contact with the ground, whatever. You, me, and Mother McGee bouncing around the room, whatever. The yeah. lyrics are bad, number one. Secondly, in the production, there's a flimsiness, and the vocals are too far in the front. It's just annoying. Then, I don't like all the piano playing. It's annoying. Yeah. Fucking page. Yeah. But... I, it's, it's a classic thing. Like, I'm somebody who doesn't want to go to anything, but I want to be invited to everything. Yeah. You ever feel like that? Of course. I want to be invited. Of course, yeah. Now, with fish, I don't like them, but I want to like them. I want to be part of it. I want to be like, hey, bro, you yeah. can go see them play Split Open and Melt. And, yeah. like, they come and they sit at the restaurant. I'm like, so do I you. don't believe that. What do you mean? Because I think that you see those people and you hate them. I don't hate that. I don't think you like those I'm people. I'm like, bro, do they do a killer <laughs> melt <laughs> like an antelope? You. Yeah, that's like, you want to make fun of those people. You're making fun of them right now, and then you're trying to say you want to be invited to it. I want both. I want both. <laughs> I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> I want the the highs, the lows, and the creamy middles. Mm. 
Have you ever been to a fish show? Of course. Yeah. I've told a story. Oh, the phallic, the bong thing. Was that fish? No, you don't remember anything <laughs> I ever said. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to play this voicemail. Good idea. Um, what was the guy's name? Do you remember? Was it Steve? No. Do you remember what it was? He'll tell us. No. In Just the, play it. I don't have it. i got to look right. it up. <laughs> That's why I can't find it. Here, pause the thing. All right, we found it. This is a voice memo from Bailey. Hey, what's going on, Dopey Nation? Uh, Dave and Chris. Um, Dude, I've always wanted to leave a voicemail, and I've just never got around to it. But um, right now, I'm, I'm currently sitting in the van waiting to pick up a bunch of guys from... From an AA meeting, I uh, I work at a treatment center now. Who who would have thought, you know? Um, so, real quick, I mean, a little bit about me. I'm uh, I'm 22 years old. I'm from Washington State. Um, my name is Bailey. If y'all if y'all care about that, um, the only mood or mind altering substance I partake in is my fucking girlfriend. Right? She. I mean, I love her to death, and she, it's its definitely the most healthy relationship I've ever had. You know, I don't gotta lie about where I'm going, what I'm doing, and I don't need to borrow $20 from her. I don't need to borrow her car, yada, yada, yada. Um, we keep that open line of communication and shit, but that, that lady can piss me off more than anybody, right? So, I've got a little bit of lighthearted dopey to throw your guys' way um like when when it was still fun um i was 12 years old i was i was just smoking pot and drinking and like i say that because eventually i mean i moved up uh heroin and meth you know those are those those are my go-to and that's that's what i'll always love but Um, I was like 12 or 13 and my goal every day, right? My goal every day was to get super, super stoned. And I did the same shit I did for weed. I would, I I would do to get heroin, right? I would, I would lie. I would fucking steal. I, I would do every, everything I could to get stoned every day. So, um, I definitely... I definitely abused the fuck out of weed and alcohol as well, you know. Um, so I was like 12 or 13, and I was doing what every normal 12 or 13-year-old does. Um, I would get super stoned with a couple of buddies, and then we we had walked to the local Walgreens. Um, and, like, long long story short, I was... I was just laughing so hard, and I I don't even remember what I was laughing about or why I was laughing, but um, I was looking at all these chips and, like, which bag of chips I was going to buy, and um, so I was laughing so hard, I farted, and then I I smelled, I, I smelled this super funky smell, and I... I like reach into my pants and kind of like scoop into my boxers and and there's there's a good amount of shit in my boxers in the Walgreens and if 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 I could smell it I know other people could smell it so 
I I stole a Ziploc bag out of Walgreens and I asked to use their bathroom because it 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 was like locked or something. It uh needed a passcode, I guess, and um I had ran into the bathroom and I stuffed my boxers in the Ziploc bag and just threw them in the trash and wiped my ass and went on with my day. Um, that is definitely when it was still fun. So I, I do work at a treatment center now, like I said, and, um, the last treatment center that I went to was about 14, 14 or 15 months ago now. Um, and I, I had this bright idea I was devising from the very beginning. I, um, I had made, made a couple buddies and, and I, I was going to complain to the nurse about a severe toothache that I wasn't really experiencing, but I know I needed to get out of there somehow and, and cop some dope. So, um, I made like two or three really, really good buddies who, who like, who thought they could trust me, I guess. And, um, we had compiled a couple hundred dollars together and so this treatment center just to kind of like set the stage is is in the middle of nowhere it it is like you drive through this desert e area and then you drop into this valley and there's the treatment center it's called a uh, sundown m ranch it is it's it's very very secluded um, the closest town was Yakima. So I, I got a couple hundred dollars together one morning and I, I decided to go bitch and complain to the nurse until they were willing to drive me to the dentist. So, um, we are headed to the dentist's office, uh, in Yakima and, and, they had said they were going to drop me off and for me to call them as soon as I'm done. So like I had free range in this fucking, in this town Yakima where I didn't know anybody. So I got dropped off and first thing I did, I found the first homeless person and I, Hey, Mr. Right. I wasn't going to ask, you know, everybody and their mom, Hey, you think I could get some heroin? Hey, where can I find some meth? You know, I found this person who definitely, who definitely looked like a junkie. And, um, so I had told him, Hey, I will break you off a couple points if you can help me get a ball of some heroin. So, um, he, he had taken me to this, homeless camp and like surprisingly enough I, I i i didn't get you know i didn't get robbed i didn't get you know some bunk ass heroin i got some i got some pretty good heroin and i broke him off a piece and i went on my way and i went back to the dentist and i asked to use their phone and i and somebody came and picked me up and um first thing i did when i went when i got back to the treatment center is is I informed those two, two, two or three buddies, like, hey, I'm really sorry, guys, but I, 
I had gotten robbed. So you guys can get fucked, and there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, what are you going to do? Beat my ass in this treatment center. Surprisingly, you know, I didn't get beat up. But, like, a day later, I, I, got, I, I, I got kicked out of that treatment center because it was pretty apparent that I was, like, the only person high there. I didn't share any of this heroin. I fucking... I definitely did all the heroin to myself in a matter of, like, one or two days. Um, and the shittiest part is... So I got kicked out on a Thursday, and my grandma and my mom were supposed to come on that Friday for some sort of, like, family weekend counseling or some bullshit. But, um... So I, I had to call my grandma and beg her to buy me a bus ticket into Seattle. And, um... My 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 plan after this treatment center was to move into an Oxford house. So I begged my grandma to let me stay with her for three days, and then I moved into a clean and sober living. I had to lie to them about having 30 days clean because I only had, like, three or four days clean. I just had to stay with my grandma until I knew I could I could pass a UA. Um, it, it's still not, you know... It still isn't heavy, like, in my deepest and darkest days of fucking addiction. Those were definitely pretty lonely. Um, I'm going to throw one more real quick on. So, I have a real, real weak stomach as it is if I'm, if I'm loaded or not, right? Um, my, my ex-girlfriend was the cheer captain of my high school. We were high school sweethearts. Like, I guess opposites attract, like they say. I was your high school fucking, fucking dropout, junkie, fuck, heroin, whatever the, whatever you want to call it, you know. Um, and she was a super, super banging little, little cheer captain. And, um, we were having sex one time and, and I, I had farted and I was high on fucking heroin and my stomach is, is, is even more, even more weak when I'm fucking high on heroin. I don't know why that is, but I had farted, smelt it, ran to the bathroom and threw up everywhere. I didn't even make it in the toilet. I, I threw up everywhere and I come back into the room and my my dick is obviously completely soft because I'm on opiates. It's, 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 it's super hard to, super hard to stay hard. Shit. Um, and I come back into the room and she's just, she's just bawling her eyes out and she's crying. And she kept asking me like if it was something she did or like if I didn't think she was pretty. And it's like, no, bitch. I just, I like to do heroin more than I like to do you, I guess is, is how I felt. Um, so if you play this cool if you don't cool um i just bought a hoodie super stoked on it uh dopey nation stay strong and as you guys say toodles right on i don't i don't say toodles toodles i don't say toodles bailey but uh i like your stories washington yakimo represent yakimo yakimo we're gonna have to trademark toodles can you trademark toodles you think i don't know Story. You know what I was thinking about dopey? What? Dopey, you know there's blood in, blood out? Huh? You know blood in, blood out? You yeah. know what that means? What does it mean? It's you like have to bleed when you go in and you bleed You kill you somebody out. to join a gang, to join certain gangs, and the only way you leave the gang is if you die. So that's blood in, blood out. You murder somebody. Right, right, okay. Right. So dopey is dope in, dope out. 
What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, what, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. You got to do dope to go in. To, to join what? the dopey nation. That's not true. And if you to leave the dopey nation, you do dope. It'll be clean only. That's a clean only. What? A special card. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, does it? I mean, it, I understand what you're saying. It doesn't make sense though when you ask me on it. I just thought it sounds cool. Dope in. Dope it doesn't out. sound cool either. <laughs> it doesn't sound cool. But the thing about the Bailey's voicemail, it reminded me of this thing. You know, like, that thing where you go and you, like, ask people. It's like, when you're a junkie, like, you're a junkie and you're sick and you're asking people if they know where to get heroin. Like, I just think that's such a funny... Oh, it's hilarious. It's not hilarious? Oh, it's hilarious. I remember one time, I don't remember the situation, but Todd was living in Venice Beach, California. Yeah. And I don't know why I was there... I think I must have been visiting him, but like, and I and I had a habit, but not like I wasn't shooting. It was before it was bef- it was like before things had gotten really bad, yeah. and I had a little bit of a habit, and I went out to visit him, and me and Todd had lived with me here, yeah. and we had gotten a habit together, and then he left town because he was like, I don't want to have a habit, yeah. and he stopped using, and he went to California, and then he picked up another habit, and then he moved away from there, and he's this in is what fifteen years ago, yeah. Okay. Many, many years ago. So I show up there with a habit, and he's like, I don't know where to get dope. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go find dope. So I start walking up and down. Where is this exactly? Venice Beach, California. Yeah. So I'm just like walking up and down on the beach, like looking for homeless people. And I'm like, yo, dude, I I, I say, I don't want to freak you out. Yeah. But you know where I can get some heroin. That was the yeah, line. Yeah, you told me that. No, no, but you I would. That I, did that, yeah. I did that across the country, back yeah. and forth. And then finally, I'm like, and, and Todd's like, "Dude, you're embarrassing me." And yeah. Blah, blah, and Todd, I'm embarrassing Todd. And um, and we're just walking and walking, and we get to like some dumpsters, and I hear some like rumbling behind the dumpster, and I'm, I'm like, "Excuse me, sir." It's like two bums, yeah. like you know, getting cans into a huge bag. I'm like. I don't want to freak you guys out, but do you know where I can get some heroin? Because I'm going to get sick in a minute, you know, whatever I said. Yeah. And he goes, ah, youngster, actually, what you have to do is you come to Del Taco at, at 7 in the morning. And I'm like, excuse me? He goes, Del Taco on Lincoln Ave. I don't remember his accent. Yeah, yeah, At 7 in the morning. It's like, Del Taco. And there's dope dealer there at 7 in the morning? He goes, come to, he says, come to Del Taco. Yeah. Lincoln Avenue, 7 in the morning. And I was like, gotcha. Yeah. And I, and I go home. And he's like, Todd's like, you're not going to go there. It's, I was like, fuck, I'm going to go yeah. there at 7. I'm up early. Yeah. You know, I get up at the crack of dawn no matter what. Yeah. I get up at 6 and, uh, you know, I get dressed and I walk over to Lincoln Avenue. And in Lincoln Avenue, there's like six guys. It's like the breakfast club. All junkies. Fucking sitting in a booth. You know, like, each with a coffee. Different, like, a muscly guy. The two old bums are yeah. in the booth. A nut, like, a middle They're class They're all selling guy. dope or just waiting for They're the just sitting at Del Taco waiting for the guy at 7 in the morning. Oh That's what God. they do every day. And then you like start one doing of them's it? Eating you do it once sandwich. or you do it multiple times? I did it for the week. Oh, my I God. I joined the crew at Del Taco. That's in, hilarious. In, in, um, in Venice. 
But well, that's some, a common thing, though, is that, like, one of the easiest times to get dope is in the morning in a lot of places. It's the best places. time. Yeah. It's the best time. Because you get out there before the traffic. You, you, you make but, sure But, I mean, people are just selling, too. Like, that's in Boston. It's like you can get dope in the morning. Well, in my, in my, in my life, yeah. when I would, the deeper I was in the dope, the earlier in the day that I would get it. Because you had to. You were up. <laughs> I needed it, and I didn't want to risk having any part of my day without it. Yeah. You know? Of course. And so, like... And I think that that's how it is. Like, the less... I mean, the less addicted you are, the later in the day you get it. I don't know. Well, crack's like a 24-7 thing. I feel like dope has more, like, cycles. and It's, it's like, like a 9 to 5. <laughs> yeah, dope is like a thing. Because, you know what I mean? You, don't, you need to do it with the most, like, four or five times a day, you know? You can get away with three, probably. Um... They, uh, I don't know, you've heard this a million times, but my favorite story, and I don't know why, just when I think about it always, is, you know, the, the dial-up modem, me researching drugs when I'm 13, 14, what I want to try after we move back to Boston and we're living downtown, and going to, like, the hood to go cop drugs, and, like, not knowing what I'm doing, but just knowing, you know, I'm, like, I was probably 14 at the time, knowing, like, this is a bad area, I'd been smoking pot, I tried meth and drinking and cough syrup, that's, like, really all I was doing at the time. But I was like, I wanted to try ketamine and walking around there and finding drug dealers and they'd be like, you know, make eye contact with me, like, what do you need? And I'd be like, I want some ketamine. And they'd be like, like, what? They never knew. They'd be like, yeah. what? And I'm just like this little pimply kid. Do you know what I mean? Like 14 years old. I was tall. I was the same height and weight, but just like, you know, little tiny pimply kid. I'm like, you have ketamine. They're like, what? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I do you have any mushrooms? <laughs> you're like, you're like I'm looking for disassociatives. <laughs> yeah, like, He's like, yo, Flacco, you got those disassociatives? And they need some disassociatives. Yeah. You're cracking weed. <laughs> That's it. Could you pause it for a really quick sec? Just pause it, please. Yeah. I had some technical difficulties getting the food. The dude can't figure out where the building is. So I mean, this like that takes up a whole block. It's it's like <laughs> uh, that kind of shit makes me crazy. But the other thing that Bailey was talking about, everything about this order was hard. Oh yeah, but it the really food was. itself is amazing. I kind of wish I didn't eat a dozen dumplings. I think dozen, you ate two dozen. Two dumplings. dozen dumplings. You probably ate nine out of. And them. what did I eat? What were those marshmallow cups? You had a Valamac. I was on a tear. Did you see that? Yeah. Once I start eating, it's bad. Well, and then I tried to stop you, but you wouldn't listen. Um, I wouldn't listen. The other thing in Bailey's voicemail was like that classic thing of when when somebody hooks you up with a, a connection and you kick them down a little bit. He said, "I'll I'll oh, get yeah, a ball arrow and I'll kick you down a few points." Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, how do you? What's a point? Yeah, do you know. What? Yeah, it's point one grams. So a few point grams. It's hundred milligrams. So how are you? He's he's got the little pocket digit. You, you don't see, you usually don't talk points with heroin. You talk it with meth. Yeah, because meth you the sh- teens you shoot stuff. a point. Well, a teener is a sixteenth of an eighth. Right. Yeah. So a teener is sixteenth of an eighth. Yeah. So an eighth is three and a half grams. So it's half of three and a half grams is a teener. But a point is point one grams, and that's like you could shoot point one grams of meth, and like it feels all right. I mean, people shoot a lot more than that, you know. Yeah, I never heard of points on dope. Teeners are like that's like West Coast shit. Yeah. We don't fuck with that over here. No. Um, oh, yeah. so somebody asked us to compare. We've been asked this multiple times: black tar heroin and East Coast powder. They say please compare BTH versus ECP, which I find funny. Because we're both junkies, and both of us have actually done both. 
Why is that funny? It's just like we're pretty cultured. We're traveled. Wow. We've traversed the country. We've heroin tasted wise. heroin that came from Afghanistan and up from Mexico. Wow. <laughs> well, who knows where it's been from? But I, I can honestly say... I think I actually liked the black tar heroin more. Maybe because it was so old and that's when I started doing heroin and when I really felt it. Every time I was doing powder, which everyone says is better, I was so strung out it was just getting well. But back when I was doing tar in California, I would get so high, but that's probably because I was, like, occasionally doing it, you know? You know, I think it's a dumb question. It is a dumb question. But, um, it's different. The purity is just whatever. You know, it sums really good, sums not. I, I, I've done horrible... I mean, my the first thing that pops into my mind is that I did a lot more bad tar than I did bad powder. That's the first thought. Yeah. Because... So how about those tar shots, though? So black... You know what I mean? You're just shooting like a midnight shot. So black and so strong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but then I think about, I remember. You, don't even, you can't even tell when your blood mixes with it. It's like hard to tell sometimes if it's really dark. The worst is when I, I would I'd make these huge shots and I would only leave the tiniest bit of room at the end of the needle. And you, or couldn't, as you, would draw, say, and you couldn't draw. At the rum. Did yeah. you have rum in the needle or room in the needle? That would be room in the yeah. needle. <laughs> I'll take, shoot, shoot I'll take the room. room in the needle for 500, Alex. <laughs> um, but you didn't leave enough to draw, to, to, to right, register. Right. So, the, so the, And also, since I'm not Mr. Ropey Vein guy. Hey, I, look I, at that, dude. I don't even tie off like, age. Look at those things. These veins have only come from waitering. I didn't have anything back then. Anyway, so I would... Uh, I'd be like, meh, and be pulling and pushing and yeah. trying. And then... And, and then fuck it all up. Then. And then it's like all the way full of blackness. And, and then you still have to register and you have no space left. So then... And this is another thing. So then... And I'm not you. Yeah. You know, I don't have these super veins. So I'd start pushing it in and then all of a sudden... My it would glob up in my arm. Oh, you and idiot! It, and it's like a cartoon, you know, like in a cartoon, like where like they're, like they're fighting a fire with yeah. a hose, and you see the big ball yeah, yeah. of water, and you know that's going to go through. Is, the question is that when that happened to you, were you more nervous that you were doing damage or wasting dope? Which one was more of a concern? Wasting the dope. Yeah, you're like, and, how do you no. care? I'm and then I'm popping. squeezing, <laughs> I'm squeezing my skin, hoping that it's like the cartoon hose. It's gonna where, go in. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna get it's gonna in. Find its home. Yeah, it's gonna get in. <laughs> And push itself through, which never happened. But, like, then I remember I had um, a dealer here in this neighborhood, actually. Yeah. This guy named was Chino. Yeah. I don't even know how I hooked up with him. Yeah. It's this old Puerto Rican guy. Yeah. And I know, and, and there's a tradition in Spanish people that if they have squinty eyes, they just call them Chino. Really? Yeah, because Chino means Chinese. Yeah. So, like, I work with a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, because in jail... The Asian cars were called chinos. Right. Yeah. So if I, I work with a kid, his name is Edwin. But when he gets stoned, his eyes are squinty, so they call him Chino. Yeah. This old dope dealer, he looked a little bit Chinese, but he was Puerto Rican, and they yeah. called him Chino. So, and Chino had real, usually really good stuff. And then one day, he comes out, and he's like shrugging his shoulders. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And I was like, what? He goes, I don't know. And he goes, how much money do you have? And I said, I don't know. I've got 60 bucks. He goes, take it. He gives me 20 bags for $60. And it was a shitty dope or something? And I was like, what's wrong with it? He goes, I don't know. And I go home and it was like, it was garbage. Or as they was say it, on the East Coast, garbage. Was it real? It was real. Yeah. It was just bad. He gave you 20 bags for 60 though. Yeah. How many did you have to shoot? Like 10? I don't remember. But it, I remember like, 
And maybe he gave me thirty for sixty because I part of me felt like I was getting hooked up. Yeah, you know. But I was I was such a regular of his that he couldn't bear to like rip me off. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But the point is, um, and then like remember that story. Remember that story with the the Armenian in the detox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tennis ball with the stamped tar. Yes, that was amazing. It was really good. I remember you talking about that. But it wasn't... I didn't get high because I was blocked. Yeah. But you could tell it was good. Yeah. I never had... I mean, the... The the best tar had that glassy look to it. Right. It had the glassy... Yeah. It's almost like the glassy look to the tar is like the fish scale to the Coke. Right. Yeah. And it was very rare that the tar I got had that look. Very rare. Yeah. Once in a while... No, the tar was always just like... It was almost... It was usually like opium almost. You know what I mean? Just like smushy... Did you ever get opium? In high school, we used to smoke opium. I didn't really felt it, though. Are you sure it was opium? I, they said it was, and I didn't really feel it, even though. When I was, I was in college. I'd smoke it. I, I, but I got it, like, seven different times from all different people. And it tastes like flowers. But I'd always be drinking and high when I'd do it. It wasn't opium. I'll what tell you. It? I'll tell you what it was. Yeah. Because when I was in college. You know what I'm talking about. The flowery do. shit. It looks like tar. When I was in college, there are people who say, hey. You want to get this opium, right? Yeah. And we'd be like, yeah, let's get the opium. Yeah, let's yeah. get the... And we'd get the opium, and we would smoke it. And maybe this wasn't what happened with you, but I would, we'd make jokes about this for ages. What it was was sopium. It was incense that was supposed to smell like opium, yeah. but they marketed it as sopium. Yeah. So you're just smoking incense, and we would be like super stoned on weed or whatever. And you think it's doing yeah, something. Yeah, it would never I think anything. I probably was always doing sopium. Yeah. Because I was always like, they're like, oh, you two smoke it for a while. I'd be like, I've been smoking this for 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd fucking... rather smoke resin. Yeah. You know? I remember one of the t- first times I did heroin, it, was, it wasn't the first, but it was like prettier. I'd already shot up a couple times. Um, but I smoked it. I chased the dragon, and that was one of the most powerful times ever. It was just the beginning, you know, those, those first few times. It was just like, holy shit, you know? Mike. I remember Wait, say it again. I was a surfer. I was smoking it at Surfer Mike. Surfer Mike. What was the tagline from Surfer Mike? It's funny. We're actually calling the guy in the next episode who was at this rehab. Surfer Mike was a guy who was a, was a counselor at a rehab I was at. And then he was in the rehab with me. I ran out of the rehab. Surfer Mike was gone. And I went to Surfer Mike's house. And my dad's like, what's going on? Surfer Mike would call my dad and be like, Chris is um, like doing well. I'm an old counselor. But you were using with Surfer Mike. I was Mike. using. And he would buy – he was buying crack. And he would buy like – like a hundred dollars, just big fucking bags of crack, right? Big rocks. And he'd sit in his room and he'd jerk off and he'd smoke crack and he'd like give me some crack and I would always have beer. And then people would get pissed off at me because I'd, I'd drink with Surfer Mike and his stomach was distended. And like he like wasn't supposed to drink. He was like a skinny. He was wasn't like a, it? Don't smoke. Don't drink with Surfer. Don't drink Mike, with Surfer just Mike. Smoke crack. Just smoke crack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You remember that? Uh, they. Um, he, uh, that would be a good mug. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That'd be the dopey mug. Well, Zerver Mike's dead now, um, but he would call my dad and be like, "Yeah, we're going to meetings and stuff." And so he'd get his crack, he'd give me crack, he'd go in his room and jerk off. If you ever brought up Surfer Mike to your dad, would he know who you? He'd remember, about? yeah, yeah, he'd remember. I want to play something. Okay, it's, I don't know if it's that good. I, I just, didn't even finish, but I didn't, oh no, no, no I'm there sorry. was no finishing. It What's the finish? I just I this guy know. named Jesse. With the guy Jesse um, was the one I chased the, the heroin with, and he was the first guy that taught me. About the checks, how you could buy stuff at the grocery store for like 20 bucks and then write a check for 70 and they'll give you $50 in cash. And so I had an old tattered checkbook and I used to just run around and do that. I've told that in one of the early episodes. 
Oh, yeah, the classic check scam. Yes, the you can classic see, dope fiend money grab is how you put it. Yeah, dope fiend money grab. Yeah. You can see it on um, YouTube on the Turkey Story. I animated it. Oh, you did? Sort of. Now, um, before we go, I just wanted to say a couple things. Uh, first of all, as always, I wanted to say how good it is to be clean and sober. Oh, we're interjecting recovery. We haven't done much recovery stuff at all, huh? It's because neither of us go to meetings anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, do. you know what's funny is I go to this meeting near my house in Boston. It's in the North End. I live in this Italian neighborhood, which is, in the last 20 years, it became pretty swanky in Boston. It was mostly like Italian immigrants back in the day. And so now there's some really old Italian people that live there. Then it's like young professionals, um, which comprises probably about half the meetings um, and uh, half the people at the meeting. And then the other half are these guys from East Boston. And Easty, like East Boston is like a pretty like tough area. Do they have an accent? Yeah, they're like typical it? Boston guys. Like they come can you in. Do it? I can't do it at all. You can do it pretty well. But like literally, like the like the accent you make. But that's most people in Boston don't have the accent that everybody thinks they do. These guys do, and they're like they're kind of like Jim Tan Laundry, like muscle bound, like white beaters and stuff. And so they go to the meeting, and they're in these sober livings, and they have to go to meetings, you know. And they're not lying; they're actually going. So they're pretty. They're all early recovery, but they're like trying and stuff. But I fucking see them all over Boston because they don't like to be at their sober like living with like 50 guys, you know? So everywhere I go and now it's like – it's kind of like I have all these guys I bump in. Boston's small as fuck. I have all these guys I bump into all over Boston. They're like, where you been, Chris? You know, like kind of like after me. So the fact that you said I haven't been to meetings, I have all these guys from East Boston. I, I go to this – I've been away on vacation and uh, I didn't go to meetings for two weeks and then I came home. And the only meeting I go to is that big book meeting. And uh, the funniest thing about that meeting is that they tell, like, they, they put down meetings. They're, <laughs> to me- they're like, don't go to meetings, just use the book. Well, like, that's, no. what, that's what it is. That's the deal. Meetings were a place to talk about the book and to talk about the steps. You would love the guy that... that, that they're purists. But he said that you're not an alcoholic, and I, I'm sorry. It's just a waste of time. I can't get on board with that. But anyway, I'm just saying that I am... Uh, I'm grateful to be in this position. I'm grateful that we've created a community that uh, that makes people happy and it makes people feel comfortable. Like, that's what Dopey's Likewise. About. Totally. That's, I mean, like, we get lost in the shuffle of, like, what we're trying to do or what we're not trying to do. It's so great. Interacting with people, getting emails. It's, like, fucking amazing. I'm grateful for podcasts, for Steve Jobs. I'm grateful that, like, we have this fucking platform that's just so easy to do you know but and not to mention just like, talk about the shit that we went through you know and then other people have the same shit to share with us you know but it's not it's like when we're talking to justin it's like and maybe and the idea in the beginning was to do war stories but the second we ran out of war stories the idea wasn't to do war stories and it was about i don't feel think like dopey's about war stories i think it's about two people who you know threw their lives away and then reclaim them and what it's like to live with that. Yeah. That's what it's about. And um, and then all of you guys, some of you are sober and some of you are recovered and some of you are trying to get recovery mm-hmm. and some of you are trying to get clean. And and we all share, um, you know, uh, our fucked up ism. Yeah, totally. But um, write us an email. Uh, Drop us a review. You know, we, we try not to, you know, we're looking for sponsorships up to read. We don't do patron. But, you know, if you listen, if you get something out of the show, 
we'd be super grateful if you liked us on Facebook, followed us on Instagram, okay, dropped us a please. review, wrote us an email, what sent I us want, a voice memo. What I want, it's like maybe baked goods in the mail, but but barring baked goods. You're pissed goods, I turned those cookies down. It was from brownies. That it was treatment. a big mistake. And Just, she was a baker. I know. We never heard from them again. Oh, we forgot to do shout-outs. Ugh. Not right now, though, because we got to call this guy. Troy, no, Tina, yeah, we'll, Let's do it the next one, because we'll forget fucking people. Fucking whoever. Thank you. No, no, Dopey Nation, want, it's been great. What I want more he than anything... He just texted me. Oh, we're going to get it. What I want more than anything is we have 163 reviews, and Omar has 213. 13. I want more reviews than Omar. Is that is that such a bad thing to want? So I need 40 of you... No. 50 of you... Right now, to figure out, I'm asking for money. If you already subscribe, you have to research for it. Go to ratings and reviews. Drop us a review. We'd and I don't it. want one star reviews. I don't want Ruth Ann re popping up. <laughs> I can't believe I even said her name. I just she want, who shall not be named. I just want 65 five star reviews so we can let share know what's up. All right. And uh, stay strong in toodles, Dopey Nation. Stay strong, my brothers and sisters. I love you guys. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And I wanna take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I wanna see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I wanna be Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad I wanna be good, so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Busted city far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be good so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had